Right, here we are once again at the Record Cafe on North Parade, and we're celebrating 35 years of the City Gent fanzine. Now, I've got Mike Harrison with me, who's a current editor. Mike, just in case there is somebody out there who doesn't know what the City Gent is, could you explain what the City Gent is? I would say it's an independent magazine, or colloquially known as a fanzine, and you, you've been editing, you, you edited in the late 90s, I've been doing it since 2004. Uh, but originally set up in October 1984. I believe the first game it went on sale would be November 10th against Derby County in the old third division um, when Roy McFarlane came back to uh, visit Valley Parade, which is a memorable game in itself. But uh, but yeah, it's a brainchild of I think you know John Watmuth suggested the idea of doing a fanzine because he'd seen something done at York City called Terrace Talk, and on the back of that. I think part of it, because obviously there was a, it was CTC 73, it was really the, 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 the travel club uh, that, uh, that, that certainly John was a part of, and of course John Dewis was a part of, and, and Brian Fox, who were the original co-editors uh, of, of the fanzine. I certainly went on a few trips on CTC 73, but uh, uh, I, never, I was never part of the committee or anything like that. But, uh, but yeah, it seems to be that, that's, that's how it came about. It was a very simple 20-page magazine that cost 20p to start with, more or less photocopied and stuck together with copy and paste and letter set or whatever they used in the, back in the day and hand-drawn cartoons. Yeah, just I mean, just to put in some context, I think for a supporters-based magazine, probably came off the back of the punk thing. There was a lot of fanzines in, around the yeah. punk scene, so yeah. that sort of homemade. Um, idea and also of course the very very early home computers had made an appearance by that time so that, I think that's kind of the context to that side of it but then some of the reports, I remember the Telegraph and Argus back then in 1983-4 some of the, you know, if, if it wasn't a match on you didn't really read much about Bradford City did you? No, uh, I mean certainly not like today, you know, not to give any discredit to David Markham who continues to write for the City Gen occasionally and you know I'm good friends with David but uh, yeah he, I'm sure he was he was hamstrung by the whatever was uh, able to put in the TNA, even its massive broadsheet state that it was back then, mm. you know, which I, I remember well. But uh, but yeah, you're right. Uh, there was, and I think also the the, pre, the club program was pretty bland as well. There was you know, it was yes. a, a very thin affair, not really a lot of news. And of course, as you say, I think these things like fanzines, and you're right about the about, about sort of the punk punk rock movement, but it's just. You can always see how these things happen, it's only, and the only can happen really on the basis you take. People are getting very those those first home computers, mm. and and that ability to actually type thing yourself and print it out yourself. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, and and yeah, okay. It's I mean, I, in some ways, I'm, and I'm sure you maybe, maybe this is for a discussion for another day to speak to somebody like John Dewis or Brian Fox. Uh, and have a look and, and say you know how they actually produced it because you know I know the efforts I put in to produce City Gent now uh, and that's with the technology that I've got available at my hands but when you think about what technology which was great that some new technology came along but it's all fairly rudimentary uh, and you, you hear tales of having to go down to a prompter print down here down further down Cheapside to get the, 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 the City Gents photocopied and then having to buy a big stapler <laughs> to staple the things together. I can't remember who it was. I don't know if it's Brian or John, I can't remember which. Worked for Morrison's at some point. Right. And apparently they used to do it after hours in the offices. <laughs> uh, and then there was also a story about drying some of the paper out. So I don't know what the process was. 
and apparently yeah. if you left it in the sunshine too long it'd disappear fair enough so yeah, it's yeah, yeah. but anyway going back to my I remember I was I was a member of the City Travel Club 73 let's just put some context to that as well that was an independent travel club yeah. nothing to do with the club no. because the club stopped running coaches to away games so City Travel 73 in 1973 stood into the breach and started running buses and then when the club began running them again because there were several other travel clubs weren't there, there was Star Travel yeah, and, and also you think about the context of 1973 City are very low ebb in, in Division 4 crowds of somewhere between two and 3,000 mm-hmm. so you can, th- you can see economically why the club wouldn't be you know, they didn't even have the staff really to, to actually man a dedicated travel service so you can see you know I say and it's sometimes and, and just that was a that was a nice nice case of point where just just fans get together and say well we just do it ourselves yeah yeah and it, it became a niching CTC 73 it became a, very much a real ill fans bus at one point and, and oh, they were they were, yeah. they, were <laughs> they were visit select pubs and things like that so it was great fun oh, so I, I think sorry Mike I remember a, a, a CTC thing and it just tickles me just to this day uh, and yeah, I think we, I think we know the main characters involved, uh, but I think we're, we were heading for Birmingham, and we decided to head off in towards Middlewich. I think it was just we just dive off the M6, and of course the first pub we see, oh no, we're not staying there. That's not in the that's not in the real ale book, <laughs> we, you know. And, and then of course, so half people got off there, the other half went off, and then of course then you, it's like herding cats afterwards to try and find people. Yeah, yeah, and which and, it also taps into, of course, that would be the same sort of time once you get into the early eighties that. The campaign for real ale started, yeah, and and that's another movement that came from the people, if you like, that that, that completely changed the way we think about the way, and way we drink. Um, so that, that kind of a lot of people are the same sort of people. It's a big crossover. It's, it's, it's independent thinking, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's just thinking, you know, whatever's being served up to us isn't good enough. Mm. Can we just do it ourselves? Literally served up to us. Yeah, in case of yeah, beer, beer, beer <laughs> magazines. Yeah, obviously travel. You know, it's. Uh, but I remember, what's the first, I didn't see issue number one, I missed it somehow. And I was sat in the Watmore Farms, which is now, which is appropriate given John Watmore's yeah. early involvement, which is now the Barracks, I think, isn't it, on Lum Lane. Okay. And I was sat in there, Richard Halfpenny, bless him, uh, along with us, of course, who, who took up from me as editor, didn't mm-hmm. he, did Richard? Yeah. He walked in selling this thing called the City Gen. I didn't know what the hell it was. So I bought one, and I remember being absolutely astonished that there was an entire magazine dedicated to Bradford City. Yeah. And even more astonished to work out that it wasn't written by professional journalists or people with bigger brains than mine. It was normal supporters. And I just remember just being quite stunned by just, just that fact alone. Yeah, it, it was quite revolutionary. It was. And, you know, we're, you know, we're, you know I mean, we were talking sort of 35 years ago when the first ones came out. And certainly during that 84, 85 season, which was memorable for so many things. But, uh, yeah, and, and I would have picked my first one up, just seeing someone selling it at the corner of the Midland Road and, and the Bradford end. Mm. And just being absolutely blown away by, you say, it's just fellow Bradford City fans writing about Bradford City. Mm. Um, and, and, and then, of course, then you think, well, when's the next one out? Yeah. yeah. And, and, it, and, and it, it grew very organically. And, and once again, I suppose question whether or not you know for, for, for John Dewis Brian Fox who were producing at the time and and, and I, I think you know as the phrase goes it just sort of grew like topsy just you know a, a little homemade kitchen table enterprise all of a sudden you know, within within a year or two became absolutely massive 
Do you think it helped that Bradford City were going through a, a phase of what was termed Bantam progressivism? I can never say that word correctly. Yeah. Progressivism. I think, I think it helped. Or, you, or did it? Because other, other clubs had fans as well. Yeah, I, th- I, think, I think it sort of helped to a certain extent. And yet, it just, I just liken it to just another, another thing that just made, maybe it just made Bradford City fans just stand a little bit apart from other people. Mm-hmm. You know, it was very enterprising, very... Well, yeah, very independent. But, very independent, but, but also just like um, you know, being the first—not exactly the first ones, because it's eight. You know, it's, uh, do we think? What, what do we think of as fans in Britain? Is it terrace talk at York? I think so. I think so. Um, and there was a Gillingham one. Brian Moore's head is like yeah. a and of course, planetarium or some such. Yeah, and and somehow, and you think, well, how did he, each other's fanzines get to know about each other? Other than you were meeting each other on home and away trips. Mm. So, uh, well, so, when did sports pages start? That's a, obviously for people who don't know, that's a shop in London and Manchester. Well, yeah, it was, it was in, they had two, two shops one on the Charing Cross Road and one in St Anne's Square in London, in, in Manchester, should I say, uh, who, who stocked basically everything, didn't they? Yes. But yeah. that, that must have come afterwards, mustn't it? Because yeah. you wouldn't start a shop on the, on the basis that, that York think... City, Bradford City, no. and Gillingham have got a fancy, would you? No. I think it's one of those things as well. It's, it seemed to, when we talk about York City, Bradford City, Gillingham, it was a lower league thing. Yes, yes, that was my next question. It was a lower league. Um, yeah, lo- yeah, exactly. So is that because, do you think, if you're a Manchester United supporter or a Liverpool supporter, you could read about your football club? Well, in national newspapers. Exactly, in national newspapers. And, and your local newspaper has to compete with those national newspapers, so they're going to have more stories. I mean, I, you know, you sort of prompted me sort of to, to dig back in my memories and, and, you know, I didn't even plan these sort of things, but you, you mentioned that. You know, I used to do a Sunday paper round and I used to have to, you know, lug all these papers around Belden. Uh, and, but I'd be trying to read, looking little bits and you see a tiny little paragraph about maybe if we were lucky mm. that Bradford City got mentioned. Yeah. Uh, you know, all of that. And, but and it was a bit of an event, wasn't it? When of course saw, it was. When you heard the, if, if we got mentioned on Radio 2, I mean, just being read out in the fixture list was one thing. <laughs> but, but to actually be mentioned in, in terms of a game was quite astonishing. But I think initially, you know, yeah, if you followed a, a first division club at the time, you know, one of the big clubs, yeah, you can read about your club because they, they were featured in the national newspapers Monday, Monday through till Sunday. Mm. So maybe the impetus, the actual need to write about your football club because it wasn't there because it was already catered by the national press yeah. and maybe more so your local press I mean hey I'm, I'm sure at some stage there was probably more stuff about Leeds United and the TNA than there was about Bradford City I think that's undoubtedly the case and also I think the other thing to remember is again all about context football in the early 80s was, was deeply unfashionable you know and, and also you know it was at the height of the hooligan era there was a lot of things wrong with football we're on the, the cusp of all those disasters of course so that football wasn't the game it is today, neither. So, no, so, no. so it never got beyond, unless there was something terrible. It never got beyond the back pages. Well, I mean, I mean, coincidentally, I mean, both both you and I went to the same grammar school, the same upper school. Uh, oh, I call it a grammar school. You, mate. It wasn't. Well, I didn't have grammar in the name, but <laughs> by name only. But you know, I remember from even uh, you know in my year, and obviously I was in, in, in your brother's. Your brother was in the same class as myself, but there was. You could count on the fingers of one hand how many people actually went to football games. Absolutely, yeah, and that's regardless of who they were supporting. Yeah, yeah, exactly. 
So, yeah, you say, being a football follower, you felt almost like a bit of an outrider, really. Pariah. Yeah, exactly, because... You were certainly trapped that way when you yeah. two away again. And yet there was maybe something in our makeup, in our personalities, that got us really addicted to, what, to going to football games. Mm-hmm. Uh, more so, and when you think, you know, it, when you think about... Now, yeah, I was very proud to follow Bradford City, even in those late 60s, early 70s when I first started, and we were like a, a dire... Bottom of, bottom of the fourth division side, table, side team with just the occasional flurry into the FA Cup. But, I almost like that bit about, well, you know, I was the underdog, some, yeah. Yeah, the, well, apart from being the underdog, but also I was doing things, th- things that the others weren't doing. Mm-hmm. I don't know what they were doing at weekends, but yeah. I know I was doing a lot of Who wouldn't want to go to Stockport on a Friday night? Yeah, yeah God, you know, yeah. And you know, and, and, you know I look at, you know, I can sort of lay a claim, I think there was something on Twitter the other week and I posted about, you know, all these ex-grounds that, that you've been to. You know, I'm, I'm proud of the fact that I managed to get to loads of these, these yeah. former football yeah. grounds. That was, my, that was my teenage years, you know, pestering my dad to go, take, him, take me to away games. Or, when, when, I could, when I got permission, you know, I went to Scunthorpe on the CTC bus yeah. in 1976 on my own, <laughs> sitting next to Alan Wood well. and getting taken into some pub when I'm like 15 years old. <laughs> but I'm st- I was still six foot seven at the time. So. Was up, yeah. yeah, so you see, I'm thinking about. And we got bricked on the coach got bricked as well, you know, right. as, you, as you would do at the old showground. Uh, you know, it, was a, it was a proper day out, as it were. Yeah, being a football supporter, you do end up in the in places. Even to this day, you end up in places you would never ordinarily go to. Um, you oh. talk to somebody who's not a football fan; they've not been to Walls so all, have they? No, no. they're missing funny, out. Aren't funny they? enough, I, I, I can once again, you know, so I've not planned all this. We just we just chatting, but. There's, there's people, you know, because where I work, we, well, I work at the Yorkshire Building Society, so we, and we, t- we have branches all over the country, but I know where these places are. My colleagues have got no clue. So, I'll, you know, but I, I only know where these places are because I've been to play football games near mm-hmm. there. You know, if... It's I, great I, for geography. I, I know so much about England especially, but maybe UK too, but purely because of football. Yeah, I can tell you what a change transfer virtually any football ground in the country <laughs> I can also tell you what's the best pub near that station where you have to get off for the, yeah. for the, for the yeah. um, said football ground cafes bus connections it's amazing what you, what you rack up we've mentioned the fact that uh, the City Gent was part of a very local almost localised thing because it was very much about Bradford but there was also York City you've got Leighton Orient up here Gillingham one or two others but then we have when Saturday comes which is kind of a fanzine, a national fanzine, if you like. Yeah, I'm, do, do you remember when, when did when I, Saturday come I, start? I, I, I think it's 1986. Right, okay. it's not, it's, it's earlier it's, then. It's, it was literally, let's say, 18 months after, let's say, the City Gent came into it. And it looked being. like a fanzine, didn't it, initially? Yeah, uh, albeit it, it looked like a big version of the City Gent in some way. If you look at you know, their issue one, yeah, yeah. it's very much sort of black and white, but A4, as opposed to where A, A5. So it just looked a big version, but very much handmade, uh, independent, gathering lots of independent football fans writing about their collectively. So it was like a you know an overall football fanzine as opposed to being uh, directly sort of associated with just one club. And it was similarly the same. I think there was one in Scotland as well. And I know, even funny enough as well, and I don't even well, know... There was a Scottish version that... There was, yeah, there, there was like, I can't remember what the Scottish one was, but there was definitely a Scottish version. Somebody can write in and tell us, Carol, that figure out, um, wouldn't it? But do you think that when Saturday comes, what, what it did, 
is I remember reading it and I used to read it avidly, uh, not so much nowadays, but I used to read it avidly when I was younger. And part of the attraction was you could read a feature about, I don't know, Hartlepool United that you wouldn't be able to read about in, again, it's the same sort of thing that you wouldn't read about in the national press. You'd read about fans who were doing the same things as we were doing, interested yeah. in the same pubs. And also having the same travel difficulties, having the same issues with the police. So that yeah, kind of yeah, began to this communal idea that you know, there's well, more that tied us than, than, than kept us apart. Yeah, and and, it, it, and, and you know the, the same thoughts we were having, insofar as you know you, you're living on t you know CTC 73 buses at the time, going to like West Brom and having to deal with the, the West Midlands oh, police yeah. and, and and the tactics that were involved in shepherding football fans mm -hmm. to games because they just thought it was just always going to kick off and whether whether or not you look like a hooligan or not then they just treat you like one uh, and it, it was just like you, you know it's, and, and of course so I mean the one thing in those early when Saturday comes were really about campaigning against the hooliganism about the ID cards that, mm. that the Tory government were trying to bring in uh, crumbling terraces you know Obviously, and I think, yeah, in fact, obviously, because you know, we're talking post fire at Valley Parade, etc., yeah, yeah. a big change in football because of that. Yeah. And, uh, and of course, we remember, of course, but still pre Hillsborough. But, but yeah, you know, the, in very much the same way, I think, you know, when Saturday comes, was very much, you see, you felt, you felt a part of a greater community of football fans uh, who all had similar issues. Uh, and yeah, I think, you know, they were very campaigning at the time, and rightfully but, so. But it was also, and I don't want to be too simplistic about things, but I think about today where we're all linked up and the internet's there and you can immediately read a story, you can immediately react to that story. Yeah. Whereas I think the when Saturday comes things was more considered because what it came out, was it monthly? Or was it, did it? Yeah, yeah, they, uh, monthly, yeah. So you had time to consider that the dust settled a bit. So I think the way that football fans spoke to each other, if you like, or the way they connected, was more considered, whereas now it's some of the companies, some whether they've been betting companies or whether they be um, broadcast companies or, or media companies, kind of encourage this uh, banter, as I like to call it. I saw a thing about um, when Tottenham were beaten by Bayern Munich in the um, Champions League of this season, and one of the players who scored, I think, one or two, or maybe even three goals, was a former Arsenal player. It was, yeah. And I think it was BT Sport put a thing on, on Twitter about how tonight North London is red, and, and it was this... I didn't like what they were no. doing. I understand they were doing it for clicks and likes and messages, and but it, it kind of it's that immediacy and immediately setting people against each other that you didn't get with uh, the written word in when Saturday comes. In in many ways, the whole of society we're in that sort of world these days, aren't well, we? Indeed, you know, you know from not, not just football. It's all it's all about, and you say it's that immediacy, and you, and you, you do get a chance to join in. Where, and I still think that, as you say. Uh, when Saturday comes was, and I, I, I still think the city gent is still. I'm sure. I'm sure there's, and you know, we'd still get the when Saturday comes myself, and it's it's still it's that considered. So it's, and and I think the things that people are tweeting about instantly at the game are only sort of conversations that would have been had in the pubs yes, after absolutely. the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there was, those those conversations we all had in the pub after the game were not never recorded. You know, they're just Thank between. Thank goodness for that. But, yeah, is... but, yeah. But <laughs> you know what I mean? So. But now people have just got, you know, as you say, just get, get on the Twitter, get on the Facebook, and you can start having a conversation, or you can have an, a debate, an argument, whatever, instantly. 
you know, these, these, these young lads watching games now, they don't know they're born. But, you know, but you say, those, those things happened back in the day, they just weren't recorded. Indeed. And, and you know, and just, just to finish that train of thought, if you like, I think there's also some tremendous things have come out of the fact that you're able to instantaneously link up with people and immediately, um, if you're looking for somebody to write an article about a certain club or a certain area, it doesn't matter if they're a thousand miles away or ten miles away, you, you can get hold of somebody and you can find a, a like-minded person to, to, to do something. Well, so it's not all bad, you know? No, no. It's not and, all bad. And, you know, you think about when, when, when you move away from the city but you, don't, you still want to follow the city, how did, how did you get the information back in the day? You probably wait for the Telegraph and Argus to be posted by a relative. Yeah, or, or, or if you yeah. move somewhere else in, in in England, or you moved you moved abroad, or you subscribe to the City Gem, France. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I I remember going. You know, I remember going on holiday, and and being in Germany in late in, in sort of mid August. So the season already started, and somehow I managed to find an English paper like two days old, and I thought. That, that must be a misprint because it says Plymouth won Bradford City 5. <laughs> I think it's like 1994. And because City never went out of Plymouth and, and let alone scored a goal, let alone win. But, uh, but, but you know, that's like a, you know, you have to, you have to search for two day old newspapers yeah, abroad, yeah. which, you know, now you just get on your smartphone and, and you find out, or you, you actually you can watch, watch it. You can watch I the game. I was in Florida. You can watch the game. I was in Florida when City played um, Northampton. Uh, well, Cheltenham, and oh, yeah. that was back for Carlisle, Cheltenham, oh, right, okay. and, and Walsall. Yeah. And I watched all three games, and I follow uh, yes. for $7 a shot. And it was absolutely <laughs> fantastic. There I was, jumping up and down in the front room in Florida, watching Bradford City up to, I can't remember what time it was, about it was 10 about o'clock 10, in the morning. 10, 10, 11 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, 10 o'clock in the morning. So it's, it, but it's fantastic, isn't it? But anyway, going back to the fanzine thing. Yeah. Um, so we've talked about the fact that it started at places like York, Gillingham, Bradford. I think and it then, sort of grew organically then it on the spreads. base. Yeah. And then it ends up, I mean, at one point, I don't know, your Manchester United's, uh, even your Leeds United, shall we say, must have had four or five fanzines at one point. Yeah. So suddenly it goes everywhere, it becomes part of the culture. And I remember when we were, I was the editor when, when City were in the Premier League, <laughs> too long ago nowadays, and I used to exchange with uh, all the different editors, and some are still there, aren't they? Um, yeah, well, we we still uh, swap, still swap with uh, United We Stand, which yeah. is done by Andy Mitten. Yeah, he's, he's been there forever, hasn't he's he? He's been there forever, and you know, it's, that's his career. He's, he's, you know, he can sell enough United We Stand, yeah. and also yeah. he's written books, and he, he writes articles. So he, he's, he's uh, and I think that's one thing as well that maybe we can maybe go back to, but on the basis that there's plenty of people that started off with their fanzine mm. who became. Good journalists, you know, yeah, they weren't yeah. journalists to start with, but then all of a sudden, because of the work that work they did with the, with either writing for a fanzine or setting with them themselves, mm -hmm. they actually found a way into journalism yeah. and obviously made some money out of it, and made, you know, made a living out of it. But yeah, we still. Well, with, I'm going to claim Mark Douglas here because yeah, uh, absolutely. I, I, I oh. give I gave Mark Douglas his break. <laughs> no, Mark wrote. I remember Mark writing a letter to me, and he was 15 or 14 or 15, saying. Do you mind if I write, I think it was New Kid from the Cop or something like yeah, that? Yeah. And I said, yeah, absolutely, go for it. No, no, never in the wildest dreams thinking this was Mark's first step to becoming, he's now the Newcastle United correspondent for the, is it the Journal or the Chronicle? Uh, the Chronicle. The Chronicle. But, you know, he, 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 he got himself, he was working for the, he was at the Express and Star in Wolverhampton, covering Wolverhampton, then he's, he's been in Newcastle for a while. He's written a fantastic book about um, Rafa Benitez, you know, from humble beginnings, just mm. say writing to you saying, you know, can I can I can well, I put something in the fans? I said no. 
I'm sure they got yeah, there. Yeah, Talent if, always rises. Mark, if you listen, would you, would you have been working in Morrison's if, if, Dave, <laughs> if Dave Pendleton yeah. had said no to you when, when you were yeah. asked about... You know, your hopes dashed because you couldn't put anything in the city. And can I claim 5% of everything is earned? He <laughs> might have been manager of Morrison's, I might owe him 5%. Well, so, well maybe anyway. so. But, you know, things that talent always rises. But I remember um, Rob Nichols at Middlesbrough. He's still there, still doing it. I'm friends with Rob. Yeah, yeah. Um, Ian Cusack at the Mag at Newcastle. I'm still friends with Ian. I went to watch yeah. a cricket match with yeah. him last year. Yeah. So um, he's friends with Harry Pearson, who sort yeah. of came from that sort of thing as well. So it's, it was... It really, really spread and became part of football culture. When did it? When did it? Was the girl? Amy Lawrence, the the, the, the the Arsenal fan. Oh yeah, yeah. Who yeah. started? She wrote for the Gooner, and now she's you know real respected yeah, journalist. So. But but then Ian, you can say Kate Wyatt. Kate, well, Kate. Well, I mean, obviously Kate, J- so Jason's going to claim in the same that way. You can you can claim. Uh, can, Mark can Douglas. You claim Kate? Does she never I write for the City Journal? She does occasionally, but I only I, I've only asked Katie to write for the City Journal on the back of the fact that she's been writing for the Whitford of the Post. So she's really more. Yeah, if hang on, if she has any hang allegiance, on, hang on. You, no, uh, no. <laughs> you, you give her the print media. I give the print. Yeah. Well, yeah, so you well can claim it's a Kate. Well, Yeah. But, Kate, but yeah, right. no. I mean, Jason. Jason, I think, can quite rightfully claim Katie Wyatt uh, print, as, as her protege. Not his protege, but not uh, but yeah, but not in print. But yeah, no. And <laughs> but you see, and I love it actually. When I could tell you a funny story, even with the, with this city gent in the in Safaris, but I love it when if I speak to someone. And so, are you sure you want me to write for you? I'm absolutely sure. And then I'd love to. And then they're absolutely thrilled to see the name the, their print. name in print, yeah, yeah. as as I was when I first yeah, wrote my yeah, article yeah. back in 1988, on the basis that I thought, well, you know, I started selling this magazine, helping out when City came back to Valley Parade, uh, and I approached John Watmuff and I said, look, do you need some do you guys some help? Because I can't find you anymore because mm. you're all stood at the cop and I'm in the maid stand. So he gave me a bit of a trial run. In fact, in fact, I don't think he trusted me to start with because at the end, at the end of the first game when I was selling some, he actually came to get the money off me. Yeah. Um, but you know, I'm still there now. Uh, and as but, is John. As, as is John. John. And you know, uh, uh, and I give John loads of credit as in, in the latest issue because you know he's, he's been there for his eight. It's almost like it was almost his idea to pass it on to John Dewis and Brian Fox to run with it. But. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I just thought I'd, I've been I've been selling this for long enough. I really ought to write something. But I'm no writer. Mm. But I found something to write about, and then you, you, you yeah. just you just develop and you try. You think, well, you know, try and be a little bit better. And it's 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 it's, a, it's an odd thing. I'm sure I'm sure perhaps you didn't think you was going to be a writer. I, I wrote a, I wrote a, what I thought was a humorous letter to issue <laughs> number four, which was printed. So they must have thought it was humorous, and, and things sort of developed from there. And like you say, sometimes. I never thought I'd end up being bloody editor of it. No. Let, let alone everything else has happened yeah, and, since. And, and now <laughs> so. an author of several books. <laughs> which, yeah. you know, well, but it, it did, I mean, to be fair, it did lead on directly to that. And it, it, that led on to the, um, the museum, yeah. which led on to me uh, going to university, which led on to me becoming a doctor of philosophy. So bizarre things come from odd yeah. directions. So, well, you know, and there's, there's a group of us, and I, th- I think we, we're all proud of the fact that you can actually trace it back to the city jam. Yeah, definitely. Without a doubt. Without <laughs> a doubt. It's, 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 it's odd. So when do you think the fanzine movement in Britain reached its peak? 90s? Uh, Early 90s? As you say, it absolutely exploded in the late 80s. And, and, I, and I bet if I went home to my basement where I collect, collect all my city programmes and city gents and When Saturday Comes, but certainly in the When Saturday Comes, 
and I fully remember they used to devote, I think it started with a page, A4, A4 here's your addresses where you're going to buy a fanzine, and these yeah. are the people, like a directory. Then that page became two pages. And then per issue, it got to a stage where they had to do A to L on two pages, one, one issue, and do M to Z the, because there were that many. Wow. And they say it would, and, the, and the, some of the names people came out with were just hilarious. They were good, actually, yeah. yeah oh, yeah, 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 it's all about puns, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I mean, City Jan actually is quite a boring uh, title, yeah. isn't it, compared to some? And, and um, yeah, it can be traced to this tradition, which, of course, would have come up in discussions, so I wasn't party to it, but you, but you sort of hear stories, of, and, of course, John Dewis is, you know, part of that big, big love of history, and, of course, we all grew up buying those those... Very thin programmes at Valley Parade during the sixties with, with the that, with, that, cover. With, with the City yeah. Gent cartoon character yeah. on the front of it. Yeah. So I, I'm a man sat here with a City Gent tattoo on my arm for those yeah, for no. those watching at home in black and white. <laughs> my my, <laughs> my oldest son Richard, he's got one as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. bizarre. Uh, yeah, and which goes came from the '66 World Cup, World Cup Willie, all that sort of thing. Apparently, yeah, allegedly. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, so City Gent, the City Gent is a bit of a boring title, but he's, he's got that sort of you know. Occasionally, you talk, maybe you might Google City Gent, you find obviously you know, men in London in bowler hats and whatever, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, as opposed to you know, what we're all about. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, you know, as you say, Brian, head, he, Brian Moore's head looks like the London Planetarium, which is a very long title for the German fanzine. But you know, dial, dial M for Merthyr. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, why, why, why is, I know Rob Nichols has told me this, fly me to the moon. It's, I think it's something to do with this song. Well, it's yeah, well, very yeah, famous. Yeah, Frank Sinatra's song, isn't it? Yeah, so so it maybe that was just their, their Did spirit. Did you write in Middlesbrough? What's going on there? I don't, I don't know the connection with Middlesbrough. Perhaps um, the fans used to sing it. But, you know, like, like, I mean, was Hartlepool and the Monkey Hangers or something? Or yeah, well, that's fairly obvious. Monkey, oh, Monkey Business. Monkey Business. Well, that's a great one, yeah. That's um, a good one. And, uh, but everybody, I didn't I mean, Scarborough had a fanzine for a bit, the sea, sea Dog, something or other. Everybody, absolutely everybody. Oh, it, yeah. it, sort of went, it sort of went up to the bigger clubs, if you like, and yeah. then it went right down yeah. through the game, didn't yeah. it? Yeah, and, and all it, through Scotland and everybody. Is, is it, have, have we still got um, non-league clubs doing fanzines? Yes. Yeah. So uh, for the few fanzines that we do uh, swap with, and, and occasionally, I mean, I've, I've had one recently, I'll put their letter in, this, in, the, in the current issue, uh, albeit it's a Sheffield United fanzine, but they've just set up. You know, wanted a bit of advice from myself on the basis that you know I've been doing City Gent for a long time, but we do, we still uh, swap with the there's um, Welling United do yeah. something called Winning Isn't Everything. Thank God for that, eh? Um, so you know we swap with them. Uh, yeah, uh, occasionally I get one. I still get a, occasional um, dial M for Merthyr from Merthyr Tidville. Uh, so you know there, there are still a few out there. I used to get one from Ashington. Uh, the Pit Pony Express, which is an <laughs> absolutely brilliant name, yeah. is it? But yeah. I think that was Ian Cusack actually who ran the mag, and he fell out with Newcastle United for a bit and started writing a, an Ashington fanzine. Yeah. And then Ian, the mag went online a few years ago, and Ian started a, a black and white, no pictures, no advert fanzine. Right. Uh, very much going right back to the old school called the popular side, but he's packed it in now. It lasted about three or four years, but yeah. But it's interesting. So, so if we peaked, if we said it peaked oh, late eighties, that, that one as well. It's still going. You know, four thousand holes for the Blackburn, with Black. re- which is reference to the, the John Lennon. Right. Okay. Explain. So, a Beatles song. Yeah. Uh, and uh, is it Day in the Life? I, I read the news or today, old boy, four thousand holes in Blackburn, Lancashire. All right. I didn't know that. Yeah. There you go. So there you go. I'm right. not a massive Beatles fan, guys. I'm not allowed to say that. Every day is a school day, David. All oh, right, fantastic. Uh, so if we pick, like, going back to the point, then we, so it peaks and drops off, well, probably into the 90s somewhere. 
Why did it drop off? Is it the internet? Is it that simple? Or did the national press pick up a bit on it and begin to give more coverage? What happened? I think there was there was a tend for more national press because then you then you've got you you've got your bigger, more glossy magazines coming out like four four two. There was a few others, weren't there? Is that about football becoming more respectable after Italia ninety? Yeah. Is that too, no. again? Is that too an easy place to go? Yeah, because I mean, one you've got certainly during the nineties, you've got all the lads mags in inverted commas coming out, but yeah, which was all about you know football and women, I guess, uh, uh, and beer, but uh, which you know it does it. Yeah, it is an attraction. So, so and so, I think I, I think that 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 sort of trend to going towards that, and I think to be honest. I don't know whether or not whether or not sort of fans instead you know stop buying your, your your fanzines on the on the game and, and just started buying those and, and there's only how much so much you can consume. I don't know. Uh, the programs improved as well, didn't they? Programs improved improved because they as had well. To. They had yeah. no choice. I mean, they were under pressure, weren't they? I remember we used to have to sell a program for a while. Yeah. In uh, fact, I bet it's not far off now. <laughs> On a, on, a, on a match, I must admit, I was talking to the guy who was running the programme today and he said, oh, Tuesday night, Port Vale, I bet we won't sell 500 programmes tonight. I still think that's pretty decent, to be honest. Yeah. Because so, you, don't, you don't need a programme anymore to, to see who's playing. No. You look at your phone or you look at the scoreboard no. or, or no. you just look when they run and, out. <laughs> and two. Well, in fact, I've got the programme here only because this season, and, and fair play to, to Ryan Sparks, who's trying to obviously uh, get, get things moving again down at Valley Parade, now he's... Uh, He's under a better boss, let's put it that way. That um, you know, he asked me that in the summertime, would I like to write for the uh, for the program? And you know, you used to write for the program. Yes, I did. Yes. Back in the, back in the nineties, <laughs> I, I did John McDickinson. You know, we, we we were invited at some stage, and then we we didn't get invited to do any more. I don't think well, we found invi- out. Uninvited. Uninvited. We just you know just. Uh, so I thought, well, you know, it's been a, it's been a while, but yeah, why not? I've never written for the program before, so uh, and, and certainly I've been. I'm getting John Watt to, to write a few because, to be honest, they, they, I mean, it's all right doing the City Gen every six weeks to two months, but one of these every fortnight, it's, it's, yeah, it takes yeah, some yeah, doing. Yeah, yeah. And especially, so, so the fact is, like, I wrote the one for Saturday, John's done, written the one for tonight. It's nice to have different voices as well, I think, occasionally. Yeah, well. no, and, and to be honest, I'll, I'll, I mean, invite, invite you if you want to write well, for, for old times' sake <laughs> to, write, to, to write for the club, club programme at some stage. I think I've done, just, I think I've just done take it. the pressure off me for a bit. Certainly twice. Um, it might even be. I might be. This would be my hat trick, uh, because we used to have a we used to have a column years ago, and then we were rein when Keith Hanvey was around. Yeah, we well, used to be not the City Gen. Yeah, wasn't it? not the City Gen. And then when we got in the Premier League, we got back in again, which turned into a bit an odd position where I once had an argument with, with Jeffrey Richmond via the program, which was odd. But anyway, Salovey. Um, yeah. So so we have we become ingratiated? Is that is that kind of what happened? Everybody gets a bit older. We get. Some people become program editors from fanzine editors, do they? Yeah, yeah. Do we become part of the establishment? Is that, well, yeah, I think is that the problem? I, I, think, I think it's one of those. And uh, just as you were saying, you know, you know, amateur writers all, all of a sudden become proper, fully fledged journalists. Yeah. You, 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 I suppose things just gravitate that way. It's, uh, and, and maybe the fact that. Because I think there was that, that, that general to start with of this oh, what, what's that? We should be worried about that. Should we worry about that? And then, then, then eventually, because it, the movement got so big, mm. that then people started to say, "Well, actually, we should actually use these people." Yeah, and the value—I think the value of the, the publicity that you give to the club—and I think they do realise after a while that you're yeah. not actually there. You will take the mic, you will have a laugh, and you will be pointed at times. But at the end of the day, you're writing it because you love the club. Yeah, 
So it's, it's not it's not an adversarial process, is it? It shouldn't be. No, can become no. so. No. And sometimes it has to be. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, you probably sort of tread that ground you know, more than I did <laughs> on the basis as you say you you were part of you know Edinburgh City Gent during those those Premier League days uh, when all sorts of daft things would have been asked of you. Uh, My phone used to ring all the time. I found it. I, I used to have to turn the phone off. Yeah. I think there's always some radio station from goodness knows who we were playing next, and they wanted you on at five past five in the morning or something. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm exaggerating. No, 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 no. Usually five past seven. Because then, <laughs> then, because you turned your phone off, then somehow it might get to Richard Arpenny. Then Richard Arpenny would say, "Ring me up," and said, "Would you do this?" And me being daft, say, "Yeah, I'll do it." Yeah. yeah. But the thing, and there they, you are on radio. But, but radio swindled at five past six in the yeah, morning. Yeah, exactly. But and and one thing, going back to my my teenage self watching Bradford City. And uh, I mean, I'll, I'll, and also because you know those away games we couldn't get to, but you listen to the radio, and or maybe you only listen to those three little slots where you get a, an update. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't, I, I don't. I, funny enough, I'd always wanted to do that. I'd always yeah. wanted to be, you know, the guy on the end of the line saying, "Yeah, it's it's, it's been fantastic. Yeah, they're they're playing very well, and uh, yeah, scored two one, and whatever, you know, Gilliver scored or whatever." It's, yeah, yeah. Um, and I was really, I'm going to say, I've got to thank Dermot Tanner if, if, if he even if he's listening to this. That you know that, um, and in some ways, I've got to thank maybe you and you and Richard for for passing those phone calls to me, because I seem to be that wasn't too difficult. No, no, but I seem to be the one that was more than happy to be on the radio. And then I think, and then it, it grows because I think then people like Radio Leeds, who was obviously mainly using us, but other stations too, think well, well yeah. It's, and I, and I always also th- think as well that if they're asking me twice or three times, then I must be all right at this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. They they, if I was really rubbish. Which probably reflects the fact that the, the media, the local media, are seen the editor of the City Agenda as being somebody worthwhile talking to. Therefore, that must say something about the fanzine and, and, and the fact that it's been with for 35 I've got years. nothing to back this up, but I don't think there's any other editors of the fanzines who have been invited to be on local radio stations obviously I've done the Pulse as well as Radio Leeds to summarise games when normally you would get a, an ex-footballer yeah yeah. so I can't think cheap, of any were you cheaper or something <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> to be fair to Radio Leeds I used to get paid wow. not much it was like £50 a game something like that mm-hmm. and of course you, I'd get free travel yeah. and, and I would. Eat, I was even put on the BBC insurance so I could uh, you know, Dern would drive there and I would drive back. Well, obviously, you know, the season I did it with Dave, uh, uh, Dave Fletcher, that, you know, he, you know, I, I, I would share the driving because, you know, yeah, we can't get John Andrew to go down to uh, Gilliam on Saturday. Are you all right? Yeah, you're okay. No, yeah, on a Tuesday, probably. Yeah. Oh, I did, I did, I did Bournemouth on a Tuesday with, uh, with, with Derm once, uh, and we got absolutely thrashed. In fact, it was the one, it was that one when, when McCall uh, had the problem with uh, Barry Coleman and uh, Matt Clark. Because I went to Exeter on Saturday, and I got I jumped the bus with Chipley Bantams mm. to get down there, and then I came back with Derm uh, just so I could do a Tuesday night at Bournemouth for the radio. I once got I think I've only done it two or three times, and one was at Ipswich Town, and we were. Oh, in, we did it together. Don't remember. No, that was Cambridge. No, no, no Oxford. I, Oxford no, we, United. We did Oxford United together. That's what yeah. we did. It was this promotion season as well, yeah. but um, I think that was a game. Oh, yeah. The famous, you've got more, you've got more stands and points, uh, champ night. Uh, it was great for my city fans. Yeah. Now so I went to Ipswich Town 
um, and discovered that the uh, we, we had access to the media bar and the director's bar, which had a free bar. All right. And uh, I took advantage of that, and uh, I think my <laughs> second half pronouncements became ever more flamboyant. But anyway, <laughs> there we are. Um, we we shoot off all over the place. So bringing things up today. Yeah, but, but I say we, we we did develop some credibility, even even you know, without getting too big headed about this. But it was we, incredibility. Oh <laughs> well, sometimes. And and I, and I do funny enough, and it's, it's you know once again, haven't we just chatting away and just thinking of things. That are coming into to us, end. and uh, you know, just to remind you of the same, we did th- we did that because we were like like BCB, we were doing little bits and pieces of the BCB. That was Oxford BCB, and then of course Jonathan for some, I think I think from memory, BCB could get an FM license for a month. That's right. And so it was December of 1998, which became um, Bantam's 1566, of which I used yes. to be the, I used to be the license holder <laughs> of a radio station. <laughs> so, so to tell this story, so. I met you at Oxford Station, picked you up, because you got the equipment, because I was down south, and uh, we went in, and looked like we didn't know what we were doing, because we didn't, didn't. I mean that was the first time I've It's a very accurate description. (laughs) (laughs) And and we got in that old ramshackle stand in the the manor ground at, at Oxford. And I, and I remember because even Jonathan, because uh, of course, you know, what you what you don't as a listener, you don't hear. You can you hear the people in the state in the studio talking back to you. And I remember this to this day because Jonathan hadn't worked out who was going. In fact, we hadn't worked out ourselves no, who was no. commentating, who was summarising, who was going to do it. Uh, you did five minutes, I did five. <laughs> and then I heard down down the we heard down the line says, Dave commentate, Mike summarise. <laughs> in Jonathan's very flat Yorkshire yeah, yeah. tones, yeah, yeah. as you would hear when he, when he's talking talking about. I think that day as well, I think the, the people from Cambridge thought we were the BBC as well, which is even more amusing. Yeah, Oxford, yeah. Oh, yeah, no, yeah, they, yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. That's they must have thought, what's all lunatics do they imply? Yeah, yeah. And then I think the same month, you couldn't do it, but I did, I did Swindon away. Mm. And, but it was, uh, but yeah, so with their, their normal commentator, as it were. <laughs> so, they, yeah, so those, those were my first two games summarising. And then, yeah, say, well, that's 98, so it was like 10 years later... When Derm was getting stuck for asking oh, players right. to, you know, and of course he used to. There was a time when, when there were fewer substitutes, he could grab one of the the players that weren't playing, mm. and, and say, "Oh, you can be on the radio." And you know, some of them were really good. I remember John McLaughlin was excellent as a summariser, but um, some some were better than others, weren't they? Some, oh yeah, some were better than, <laughs> and some still are better than others. You know, yes. uh, mentioning no names, but yes, but. But I, I love radio, I still love radio, and, and if, if there's one thing that I'm quite proud of is the fact that the work I've done with City Gen, etc. Yeah, I haven't written any books yet, but I have, you know, like yourself and, like and yet, others. I like the yet part. Yeah, well, you know, I've, well, who knows I, I'm retired yet, that's the thing. So, but I haven't got the time, I've got enough on doing City Gen, but I do love the fact that I've had a bit of a radio career because of it. Well, given the way that local radio is going, I, I, perhaps in five years' time we might have taken over Bull Sport or BBC Radio or well, League Sport. Well, this, this is the thing with the, with with the because big they're in decline, aren't they? They're in decline. Yeah, and, and say I was I was pleased last year, and obviously uh, Jason Thornton asked both myself, Jason McEwen from Width of the Post, and, and a couple of other to to to. In fact, yeah, last eighteen months or so, it was like last season, part and season before that. Uh, and yeah, it was great to be back on the radio and, and doing the pulse, and and just nice when you know I'm sat, stood outside Valley Parade at you know between two and three o'clock selling City Gents, and and people come up to us, oh, I really enjoyed you, you summarising last week the commentary. Yeah. You know, you really. You know, yeah, I said, yeah. All That's I try and do when I do it is try and, try and be a fan, and talk about 
what I see and try and paint a picture. Uh, and if you gain that, that you get that from, from from what I'm saying. Fantastic, you know. It's uh, anyway going back to we have fanzines. Back to fanzines. Back yeah. to fan. How many do you think are going very very roughly as we speak? Well, it'd be interesting because currently uh, the Football Supporters Federation are act- asking for people to send in their fanzines so they so they could be judged because they they still have a printed fanzine category in their awards which is usually early December uh, City Gent picked up the award in 2015 which was uh, a rather impressive evening uh, and uh, mighty proud of that so, it still says on the cover multi award well I, I, can, I can say on the basis that uh, in the in fact I've got, the, I've got two of the pictures in, in, the, uh, in the current programme because the, the programme wanted some pictures from us so I managed to dig out the, the, the programme with, and obviously I'm now, for the benefit of the listeners, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm now showing the picture, if, if, I don't think Dave's seen the programme recently, but no, there's a, the old picture of um, Dickinson, yeah. John Watmuff, Tony Annam, and John Dewars with the... Tony Carson? Yeah, with the, uh, I think that was called the something like City Lights, some fan, so basically in the late 80s, the, the one on the ward, and then I've got this picture with me and Ian Ormanroy, because... City Gent won League Two fanzine of the year in something like 2009, and then of course you, you won a nicer trophy second time round after. Yeah, school. and it looks quite yeah, nice. It's it's, it's, it's it's a lovely little trophy. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, and um, to return it. No, 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 and and I've got a nice little trophy as well for the uh, the football federation uh, football supporters federation trophy from 2015. And so, which will appear in a Shipley charity shop in about 35 <laughs> years' time. No, like, no, no. What the bloody hell's a city gem? What's all that? Unlike about? those trophies that used to, you know, we had to sort of end up in a cardboard box down at Valley Parade that uh, the, the club never wanted. But no, I'm hanging on to these. And in fact, one of my one of my ambitions is to try and get older John Dewars to to marry up the three trophies because currently I think he, I believe he's got the original one from the late 80s, and I've got the other two. You say so, but then all three have never been. Together at the same time, but yeah, so I can claim that we are multi award winning, but we have been going for 35 years, so you think we might have picked up something? Yeah, you're gonna win something back, yeah. Yeah. And bring us right up to date. We're on what what number is it? Issue 221. 221, yeah, it's it's a long way. So, my first one was 118. Oh, god, so I've you know, I've obviously gone past past the century, so I'm not quite half I haven't quite done as half the amount of city gents nearly you can't mean. be far off it, it'll come if I can carry on until about issue 240 I think it is oh. uh, but that means that's another four seasons wow um, it's a long time and, and, there, and there was a half the Premier League and there was a half a one as well because I did, I did bring one out for Wembley when we were yeah, there yeah like, so. 2 2 1.5 or something yeah, like that, that so, impressive. but yeah it's um, yeah 2 2 1 I noticed in this one as well, there's articles about cycle lanes and VAR, which were definitely not covered in City Gent number one. No, no. But there are lots of other issues about uh, players, about referees, all the usual stuff. A reader of City Gent one would recognise an awful lot that's in there now. Yeah, I hope, sure. I hope so. And it is, it's a random collection of whatever I could gather. I mean, this... Uh, and. And the reason why I brought the, the hasn't it always been thus though. Hasn't it always been thus? You know, as you say, you know, you get you get some random teenager writing in saying, "Can I write for you?" Yeah. Uh, and and you say, "Yes, of course." You, know? you don't have to ask, listen. You don't, you don't ask, have to ask. Yeah. You send something. You know, it if, will if, get printed. Yeah. If if anybody wants to send something into me, you know, find find me on the internet. Find me on Twitter. Find me on wherever. Find you on a street corner outside Valley Parade. Yeah, on a street old, corner outside Valley Parade. Hand you a type sheet, a handwritten sheet. Oh, well, yeah, I prefer now. Now that's <laughs> now that's something I, 
I'm glad I'm in the, the era where I am now where somebody can actually email me a Word document with their, so I can just have, I can read it and edit it. Can you imagine having to, you know, as, as I used to do when I sent in my articles, I had to handwrite them and then someone would have to type them out. I, I, have been, I have been that someone. Yeah, you would have been. Although by the time I took over, what was it, 97, something like that, the, by even 97, the majority of people were sending me word process Yeah, and, and, and if Phil's, if Phil's listened to this as well, you know, obviously great debt to Phil, who's yes. still putting the thing yeah, together, yeah. who I think... Who I talked into in a, you, in, during an evening in the old bank pub on Market Street, a rainy Tuesday night, I remember talking him into it. Yeah, and, you know... and. God love him. He's, he's been he's been still with us since, and you know I think he transformed the city gen as far as it made the editor's life because uh, I can imagine how much life it makes mine easier. But yours even at the time to just say, look, there you go, Phil, knock that into shape. Yeah, and he does. Well, I've, my first issue I ever did was the old type it out, cut and paste. Yeah. Uh, photocopied pictures, and then the printer would take a photograph of it and then print off that. Yeah. Issue 221's out, issue 221's coming. Where can you get the City Gem from, Mike? Well, I say, apart from, you know, you can get, you know, find me on a random street corner outside uh, Valley Parade. And where, where is that street, random street corner? Well, pre-match, I'm usually out at the top of the steps by the, um, uh, the entrance to the, uh, the club entrance, as it were, by the memorial sculpture. And then I sit in Midland Road, so I'm usually always standing on Midland Road as people are wandering past heading back into town to some hostelry to celebrate yeah, another Bradford City. Yeah. And then, you know, and there's always John Watmus usually standing on the corner of uh, Midland Road and Thorncliffe Road and even Paul Donnelly is still beavering away, cop, yeah. trying to sell a few on the cop. So, yeah, in fact, you know... They're still around the ground and you can get by post, of course, and you can find it online as well. You can it? buy them in the Record Cafe as well, which is where we are now. They're uh, tucked away uh, and also in the Corn Dolly too. Uh, or you can go to the CityGent website, which is CityGent, thecitygent.co.uk, and you can buy a copy and have it posted to you. Just have to pay for it by PayPal. So it's uh, we, we find it quite easy to find, and it'd be interesting to say, you know, listen to this, buy buy a copy and uh, contribute. Contribute. That's what because it, it, it's it's an I don't know, it's a, I mean I don't know how you found it when you were editing, but for me dead easy because we're in the Premier League. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, sure, you know. My 15 years, where, where have I been in the 15, last 15 years? Well, I've had, it's all been League 2 or League 1, basically. But I, I have had, Wem- obviously, the, the Wembley final in 13, when, obviously, yeah, things went, things went a bit Three mad. Wembleys isn't bad, Mike. Uh, I've had, yeah, I've had three Wembleys, yeah, which is fair enough, which is probably more than most, but then again, let's say, 15 years out of 20, 35. But I just think, and, you know, and I'll admit, you know, I was, Ill, I was ill in April, I was really depressed about not, I get... I get depressed when, I, when I'm ill anyway, but I was depressed about the football. I was just depressed. That I couldn't it was indulge. difficult. It was difficult. It was, it was so difficult. It was so difficult, you know. And I, and I did, a lot, did lots of Pulse Radio as well and done lots of those away defeats. Uh, and just to get going again, and, and even though I got the first issue out at the beginning of September, I still feel I didn't really have my, own, my mojo back, as it were. But I, I do feel I've got it back now, even though... This has been a lot. Hard, this issue has been a lot harder for me to produce. But I've actually been. I've been quite proud of the way I've been very creative mm. in getting this one to do. Because you, as you mentioned at the start, you know there is an article there which Andy Lyons from When Saturday Comes let me use, which is in the current issue of When Saturday yeah. Comes. And I do encourage you because if only by When Saturday Comes because of not in the article, but there's some fantastic photographs. And also there's a nice piece about Benny Carponian as well, oh. uh, so which, which gets mentioned. The city gets mentioned. 
so I'm actually really pleased with that creatively, and also, you know, there's a little nod to fanzines, which to say I was the, the guy from 4,000 Holes in, in Blackburn, Lancashire, uh, set up. Uh, so I've used that, and but you know, just just a, there's there's a really nice article from a guy who's now taking his four and a half year old son to, the, to football. Yes, I read that. And yeah, 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 and, yeah. and that that was, that came in randomly. That was like on the back of last month I asked for articles because I was really struggling because mm-hmm. I, I feel that in some ways if I've lost my mojo I think also some, some of the, my gen, usual writers are maybe are finding I'm not saying they've lost theirs too because it was a difficult time but it's the fact that we've all got really busy lives these days uh, and then to think oh can I squeeze in a couple of hours just to write for the city it's game? easy to write about a club when it's feeling good about itself of course and the club wasn't feeling good about itself last season so no. I think hopefully you'll see a change and yeah I do think that some of the issues we did especially on the back of Mr Wright's looking like he was going and then when he went I think those those are as good as we've ever done yeah and we and you you picked up on the fact that you know about the early issues and now this issue and you like even this issue you'd recognise the elements from the the original issues yeah. but I, you know and I, I, I don't think this is trite to say but I think I think every issue of the City Gen is a small piece of Bradford City history definitely that you put together, Richard Halpin put together, John Wentworth, Mick Dickinson, John Dewars, Brian Fox, myself, who we've all worked out. It's our hobby. Mm. I think it's interesting that five, seven, a thousand people are quite interested in my hobby because I bash these out every, you know, every six weeks or whatever. Yeah, but it's about another hobby. It's not just but it's, about, an, it's about another hobby. Yeah, Your exactly. Hobby is City exactly. But the fact is, I get something out of doing it. It's, but it is sometimes it's difficult, and it has been difficult. But for some reason, this one. Even though it's harder to find the content, it was actually more satisfying mm. to, to get it out. Just because of the deadline, I had to get it out because it would have been so easy to say, "Oh, we're always stuck at the whims of the fixture list." Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. And and, and as we see now, you know, we got drawn away against Shrewsbury last night. We got three Saturdays away from home. Mm. You know, after Exeter, we don't. We're not at home again till December. Yeah. So I had to get this one out in order to sell it Saturday, sell it tonight, sell it against the Exeter. If we get a home game in the FA Cup, fair enough, but we haven't. So, but, so I do need some sales through the post. Yeah, so we need sales <laughs> through the post, we need contributions, we need, and you need a lot of help. But however, here because we are. You, we want to keep these little pieces of Bradford history going. Absolutely. And, and, you know, if we can do that, then we'll all be, uh, you know, I think we should all be proud of ourselves. Definitely. So that's 35 years of the City Gen, and I, I dare not say let's look forward to another 35, but it's been fabulous. Thanks for having us, Mike. <laughs>